0: the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Perry Goldstein, and I am not joined by Maggie Loney. It is officially maternity leave season for our co-host so i'm gonna have a bunch of guests join me over the next couple of weeks starting off with mr grant bills from the wkty sports wisco sports show if you get him in where are you lacrosse madison eau claire oh, that yeah. area uh you should definitely tune in because you don't just talk packers it's bucks it's brewers it's all things sports it's a really lively wonderful show um, lively, lively. Welcome, Grant.
1: Thank you, Perry. I think Maggie's child is the lucky one in this because he waited or she waited like the correct length of time and came after the Titans game. Like, not have to be on the planet and alive during that game. So I think Maggie's child is the lucky one out of all of us.
0: Yeah, very smart. Baby Loney. We'll find out if it's a boy or a girl. We do not know yet. Um, But very lucky that they don't have to break this. Frustrating game down because this was so winnable, just absolutely so winnable for this Packers team. Just another game where you leave being like, How did they? They lost that by shooting themselves in the foot, right? Like, this is just opportunity after opportunity lost to take a lead, come back. And I think this team just, the Cowboys game was great, maybe an aberration, but this team just is not good.
1: The Cowboys game was great, and I apologize for nothing over the last couple of days, by the way. The last couple of days were a blast, and it was fun to just throw any and all possibilities around. I think this game was frustrating, like the Detroit game was frustrating, because the Detroit game was a chance for the offense to come out and really take advantage and, and get themselves on track against a bad defense, and they didn't. And then the Titans game was an opportunity for the Packers defense to get right against a really bad offense, and they couldn't get right— Like. So many different games last couple of weeks, different units and different individuals have had opportunities to get right after the season hasn't gotten off to a great start, obviously. And those opportunities just haven't been grabbed. The defense was terrible last night. They made Ryan Tannehill look like Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, they got paper-cutted to death because apparently playing soft zone coverage is Joe Barry's mm. drink of choice. And it's crazy. You look at the stats. I, I looked at them before we we sat down to record, like, Ryan Tannehill went 22 for 27, 333 passing yards. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers has not had a 300-yard game yet, I don't think, this season. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns, not to mention Derek Henry threw for a touchdown, and he did give up the one pick in which the offense couldn't capitalize on. Derek Henry only rushed for 87 yards. Like They just got paper-cutted to death because – they did a great job of picking apart the underneath stuff in these this super soft zone coverage. Like this was a game I went into it being like, you this is a game you just man up. Like yeah. their wide receiver court isn't great. Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper. Okay, fine, man
1: I up. I forgot for Austin them. Hooper was on this team Same. until we got started last night. Like I, I on my show the other night, I was like, can you name wide receivers on the Titans? Like off the top of your head? No, you have to think about it.
0: No, simply no. The only reason, the only one I could probably was Traylon Burks because I remember wanting him for the Packers and the Titans drafted him instead. Like this just, they were, I think, 32nd, literally the worst in passing offense going into this game. And like you said, this defense just could not generate any kind of playmaking against like a pretty bad passing offense And to me, it was scheme. Like if you're not being asked to press and you're like playing 10 yards off the line, like it's it's the twilight zone in which we're just watching the same mistakes get made over and over and over again. And for me, you have these players, you have Jair Alexander, you have Rasul, you've got you know Amos who can come up with like you're not even asking them to do anything that they're actually good at you're just letting them kind of sit there and I feel like as a player you got to be frustrated
1: well what was it Rob Demoski's I think other people had the quote too like Rob wasn't the only one who reported a couple weeks ago that players were getting frustrated and they weren't really believing in the scheme so that's been a thing I just they couldn't pass off coverages they couldn't communicate they just weren't organized on the back end at all and I think what makes it so bad is like the Titans really don't want to throw That's not really what they want to do. That's not what they're good at. That's not typically what they game plan for every week. They want to run with Henry, control the clock, and then, you know, pick their spots. Ryan Tannehill threw for, like you said, over 300 yards. I think his next closest total this year was like 280, and it was against the Raiders, who are a fire drill, like an actual fire drill on defense. Like Matt Ryan had like a 40-yard run against them last week. That defense has no clue what they're doing. I just... It's really frustrating. It's, it's the inverse of what the Lions game was a couple of weeks ago. The Packers offense had a great chance to really come out and, and get things right against the Lions, who were terrible defensively, and they didn't. And Joe Barry and company had a chance to do the same on defense last night, and they, they, they made Ryan Daniel look unbelievable. It was almost halftime, and I, I was watching at a bar because I walk home from work, and I stopped because some friends were there, and there was a huge TV, and I'd like this is a nice place to watch a game. And I'm watching, them like, have they forced an incomplete pass yet? Like, do they have a pass breakup yet? I wasn't really on Twitter other than to just see if Twitter was still there. And I wasn't really looking at the stats. And it just seemed like every other play, like I would say something to a friend or I'd take a drink of beer and I'd look up, oh, there's another completion. Like another, they weren't forcing. With anything. no
0: challenge. It wasn't even like these wide receivers were making like these incredible contested catches. Like they yeah. were wide open. There was abso- absolutely no like adversity to go up against. And You're right. I mean, they had more first downs. They were better on third down. They were better on fourth down. They had more total plays. They punted less. Like, they just completely controlled this game from zero dot, right? Like, and you're at home at Lambeau. This is your weather. You're coming off a huge win that you probably want to capitalize on. You're both on short weeks, so that's not an excuse for anyone. They also had to travel, and they actually came out with the juice, yeah, I uh <laughs> it's just so it's it's mind-boggling to me how badly they played.
1: Well, they came out with juice. Let's talk about maybe why they came out with juice. I think they're really well coached, but I also think this team, like so many other teams that have beaten the Packers in the last couple of weeks, like they just smell blood when they yeah. line up across the Packers. And it's like in a couple different ways. I, I think Vrabel and the offensive coordinator who had obviously a a rough rest of the night is he was the guy who got the DUI right at like one in the morning after the game. And I can't remember his name. I am sorry. I don't have the Titan staff committed to memory. It's not an offensive (laughs) staff that we talk about a lot. I think they came into this game thinking, Hey, watch like it's going to be really funny and no one expects this. We're going to be able to throw on this team. And I think that probably fired their guys up. And also we've heard this a couple of times. I think Vrabel and his coaches are like, this team is soft. You guys like we can go in there and really make a statement and make them look bad. And I think, You know, the idea of lighting it up through the air and going in and beating up this team on their field in the cold, which is supposed to be their strong suit, which is a huge misnomer. Like, I think that fired the Titans up. I think they really got fired up for those couple of reasons.
0: Well, they should because they're right. They're absolutely correct that that was something that they were able to do. Like, this team on both offense and defense does not strike fear into the hearts of their opponents by any stretch of the imagination. So they don't bite on certain, like, looks they don't respect you know the deep ball yet still it's gonna be week 11 on offense like I know we'll get to offense but they just there's like literally zero respect they're kind of probably a laughing stock at this point especially for Bra- Vrabel I think who, this is like a common coaching opponent situation who knows Matt LaFleur really well I think like you also get that juice where Vrabel's like yeah of course I want to go into Lambeau and beat my old you know buddy out there so you know the the most frustrating part for me on this defense was they got some really big stops in key moments right like they get a huge you know tackle for a loss on second down or a sack on first or second down and yet it does not matter if you give up a huge completion on third down everything you just did up to this point is moot because they're moving the chains so like it's almost like all of that effort is completely wasted and all you're doing is just gassing yourself because you're staying on the field
1: this team it always makes it harder on themselves in some way like the defense is making it harder on themselves to get off the field I think the offense routinely makes it harder on themselves and we could talk about the offense in a few minutes but this defense like their timing sucks they will get stops but it's never a stop when a stop is needed like and it's never a stop that matches up with the offense or with the special teams like the defense will have a huge moment and then the special teams will muff the punt Right. Or or last night, I think it's another example. And maybe Nagler tweeted about this or somebody, I don't know. Everyone was tweeting. I was trying to enjoy Twitter during the game because I thought maybe that it's the last time we'd ever get to enjoy Twitter during a game ever again. And I, I saw everybody saying like, this team is the opposite of complimentary football. Like they're, they're contradictory football. Like Rogers was playing great until his defense started to get stops. And then Rogers couldn't hit a throw. It's like, because of course, and I don't know, maybe sometimes it's, it's just not your year. And maybe that's a certain way that that manifests. Like when it's not your year, it's not your year. And even when your defense does play well, then all of a sudden your offense goes in the tank. But this team always yeah. makes it harder on themselves and it needs to be, and their timing stinks. Their timing is terrible.
0: It really does. Like they finally respond on offense, then you miss a really easy extra point and it's not tied anymore. You have to go for two later on in the game. Just, it is, it's, everything is so challenging. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they make this huge stop in the red zone after an 18 play drive and you're like, wow. Okay. You didn't want to be on the field that long, but they just chewed up the clock. They got zero points out of it. That's a huge for this defense. Right. And then the offense goes three, three and out. And it's like, that is the last thing that you want to do for this defense who just was on the field. Let's not forget for 10 straight minutes, because they let, they just decide to let the Titans kind of like, pick them apart down the field.
1: And if we're talking about the vibes, like the vibes of that three and out could not have been worse. There couldn't have been a worse three and out like two carries to AJ Dillon got stuffed twice. And then an intentional grounding where Rodgers throws it at the foot of alignment. It's like, not only was that a three and out, I don't think you could have had an uglier, worse three and out than that. The only thing worse than that would have been a turnover. Like it was the worst three and out after your defense finally had like one great moment in the first half where they were so yeah. poor, basically from kickoff to halftime.
0: Yeah. I think the only moment worse was the Rogers sack at the end of the game. That's probably my my low light of the game. This game? That sack that he took at the end to push them out of field goal range?
1: Why do I not remember? I, oh, no, God, no. that was
0: so bad. The
1: dark <laughs> moment that I remember is him just putting one up on the pulley to Alan Lazard on fourth and three for some reason. It's like, I don't know why we're doing moon balls here. I don't even remember the sack. Hold on, let me pull the dry. Maybe I blocked it out of my mind.
0: You probably did. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, it's so funny. Like there are some bright spots, like going into this game. I was like, if they can't get pressure, right. This is going to be such a nightmare. And it was still a nightmare, but they did manufacture some pressure, right. They got to Tannehill actually three times. Um, Quay Walker looks like the light bulb has gone on for him Mm -hmm. in the last couple of games. So you love to see that out of your top draft pick. I think at this point, it's safe to say not, this is not a good thing, but I think moving forward, it's safe to say, you know, savaging it. So we're going to have to do something about the safety position.
1: What is it with, it was the same with Haha Clinton Dix where you saw flashes and the talent was there. And then just over the years, the confidence waned and waned and waned and the good plays just waned. I, I don't get it. And it's not just safeties. Like that's happened with corners too. Like that's what happened with Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. They were great as rookies and then they just never got better. And Stokes regressed this year. Now he's hurt. So you know, who knows how this year would have gone for him if he would have stayed healthy. I have a hard time believing it would have gotten better. Like that just, that doesn't really yeah. seem that's like, that's how this defense works, man. I, I don't know, but I'm with you on Quay Walker and it just sucks that Joe Barry's the coordinator of this defense. Cause I feel like a creative defensive coordinator would really find some ways to use him, especially now without Rashawn Gary and Campbell's hurt too. But like you could move him around. You could do lots of different things with him. And I just don't really think Joe Barry will do that. So that sucks. some of the air out of that balloon. Um, yeah yeah it's
0: well this defense is just so predictable I mean they're bread and they're just bread and butter there's no creativity there's no adjusting there's you know like you've got like guys lined up past the sticks still for some reason like it's it's all the same like I I think at this point Maggie and I have spent the entire season like repeating what's wrong with this defense and it and at some point like it is on the coordinator and I don't think it's a look, it's a loss season, right? You're not going to fire Joe Barry midseason. It feels like very unpackers like, um, except for, you know, their 13 year head coach and Mike McCarthy, but it's, I'd be hard pressed to find him back next season.
1: Well, I don't know what you do. Like Maurice Drayton would be maybe the most senior member of that defense now. And it's his unit that is just, a complete meltdown or oh, you mean Jerry Gray or Jerry Gray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was the other coordinator who is also terrible. And we thought about promoting and Marie straight also got promoted. So maybe that was a little bit of a slip in that. Like, Oh yeah, he was the guy who did get promoted and that went poorly Yeah, Jerry Gray. You're right. It's his unit. That's poor. Like they're just exchanging. Like some of your more veteran players, like Rasul Douglas and Adrian Amos. These are guys who have, you know, maybe not been all pros year after year, but have been good players in this league for a long time. And if there are mistakes being made on that defense, I don't expect them to come from Amos And Douglas and that was it last night, just simple coverage pass offs. And they're just like, I don't know. know, The
0: communication is, is abysmal. Like, and you're right. I mean, it's not like there are new pieces in the secondary. You have been playing together now for at least a full season. So, and you have the same coordinator. So what's, what's happening here? Because nothing in the scheme has changed and your personnel hasn't changed except for maybe Jair coming back from injury. But if anything, that should be boosting you because Jair is easily your best player. Sure, Savage has taken a step back, but they move him around. You bring in Ford, who's playing incredibly well. Good juice there. To me, it's like it's just a complete like regression of the unit as a whole.
1: And defense, that just happens for defense sometimes. Like you'll have a great year with some good turnover luck, and like defense is very fickle in that way. Like sometimes they'll be great, and then you could bring back everyone, and then and then the next season will look very different, but. They added aggressively to this defense. They retained everyone, which is hard for a team like the Packers to do with their cap situation and then the money going to quarterback. Like, it's not easy to bring back Campbell and Douglas and they made that investment. They brought in Reed, who is a depth piece up front. And then they spent two first round picks on the defense and they got worse. Like at the very least, they should have been able to sustain what they did last year. And they haven't even been able to do that. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. Joe Barry Stinks as a coordinator. I have basically felt that all year. Like, I just think he's kind of masquerading as a defensive coordinator. He's just kind of pretending. He's like, well, I'll run the, like, kind of the gray area defense that every other coordinator does. I I don't know. What do you think of Goody? Like, if you had to ask Goody about his defense and you wanted to be critical of any moves or any signings or draft picks that he's made, what would you ask him if you had him in a press conference right now? Look,
0: I think Goody has done everything possible to provide this defense with everything that they need. Like, respectfully, you want to say say what you want about his Ability to bring in offensive weapons, fine. Sorry. But he has he like he has hit <laughs> on lots of defensive picks. He has hit on Rashawn Gary. He has hit on look, it's looking like Quay Walker. He found Rasul Douglas off a practice squad. He Jair was his very first pick. He's picked up pieces like Rudy Ford, Devondre Campbell off the street. Like that guy clearly has a nose for defense. So for me, I'm asking him. Your team has everything on paper it needs to be incredibly dominant at every level, from the front to the inside linebackers to the secondary. Why isn't it? Like, what do you see from this unit? What is it missing? Because to me, it's scheme. Like, it's just not being played. Like, these guys are press man corners. Like, this is a group of guys who can be incredibly aggressive, who have good hands, who are – Freak athletes, because that's all that Goot picks, is just these freak RAS athletes. And they still look soft. And that's well, on the corner. of the they
1: They're confident. This is something that I feel with Jair and, like, most number one corners in the league. And maybe you agree, like, you're a big defensive back, but we've always talked about defensive backs. Like, number one corners are just wired a little differently. Like, they're kind of nuts. Like, they're just kind of a little insane. And I feel like to really tap into that and make use of that, you need to allow them to go... 1v1 versus the other team's best sometimes not every play like obviously that's not realistic but it's the same in the NBA like if you really want your best player to get dialed in and kind of tap into that insanity kind of just irrational confidence you need to put them in a position for that to come out and I feel like floating Jair and Rasul Douglas around in space and zone they're going nuts I feel like they're going nuts because they want to talk trash and they want to jack up a guy and they like they want to be the way that defensive backs want to be and you don't tap into that when you play them like this. So you're wasting that. You're wasting. I
0: completely agree. Uh, yeah, I couldn't have said it better because I look at a player like a, like what the Rams have done with Jalen Ramsey Mm -hmm. and the way that they move him around and just like tap into all of his incredible athletic gifted skills. And you watch Jalen Ramsey make plays all over the place. And I'm like, Jair could do all of that. Jair is fully capable of doing everything Jalen Ramsey is able to do for the Rams. And yet he can't because he isn't being asked to, and you can't just have a player go rogue, right? He has to play within the scheme. Otherwise he's going to screw it up for everybody else that's on the field. And he's certainly not going to do that for the rest of his team.
1: Well, I think with Joe Barry, what's frustrating is look the too high defense. It's what the entire NFL is running. So that's not a bad starting point. I don't necessarily blame Joe Barry for saying, okay, we want to keep the lid on the defense. We want to rush with four and try to get pressure home. I I get the the bare bones of this defense and the foundation and, and kind of the methodology he's following what frustrates me. And it's, it's a bummer because it sucks the fun out of the game is there's no creativity. Like there's no vision in 2022. Like the NFL is finally caught up to the NBA, and that we're throwing rules out the window. Like Debo Samuel doesn't need to be a running back or a wide receiver. He can be whatever we want. We can make up our own position for him because he's on our team and we can do whatever. We can play positionless football. So, Joe Barry's given just this treasure trove of all of these different types of players at every level, right? Here's a couple different safeties. They all do different things. Some are experienced, some are young. Here's a couple linebackers. Here's a couple corners. Like he's got depth at every position. And he just has no imagination with how to use this treasure trove of resources. It's like if you're a financial advisor and someone just gives you a pile of money and they're like, be risky, do whatever you want. And you're like, I'm going to put it all in savings bonds. It's like, well, that's, (laughs) you might make a couple of, bucks. like, yeah, okay. That'll work. But that's, there's no ingenuity there. There's no creativity. There's no vision. And that's Joe Barry. And it just sucks the fun out of this defense. It should be a really fun unit. And it's not.
0: Yeah. And I think the guys want to have fun and they're like, we (laughs) suck. Like they're so self-aware too. And Rasul's like, yeah, I don't know. We suck because we suck.
1: (laughs) Like doing the same thing every week and it's not working. And the craziest
0: thing is I think they beat the Cowboys because of some of the creativity that they did in that unit last week, right? They, you saw them, move Savage into the slot with certain looks. And then if they needed to bring in Rudy Ford, they did that so he could play deep. And then Savage would move back and Amos would go down into the box into that like hybrid linebacker role that he plays so well. And there was all this movement happening and it it messed Dak Prescott up. And yeah. this was a better passing unit. I mean a way better team like maybe the same record, but way, way better team with better weapons. And they were able – sure, CD got his looks. He beat Ja on a big play. Fine, he's going to do that. He's a true number one receiver. Tony Pollard got his. But they were able to stop this team because they were disguising coverages and being creative and bringing Savage on blitzes and bringing Quay Walker on blitzes. And then you go into a game where, theoretically, this defense should be playing harder and better against a worse unit. And it's like they play down to their competition.
1: Yeah, just try stuff, Joe Barry. Like, why not Why not try Jair Alexander in this spot doing the, these things today? Like, th- there should be a game where it's like, you know what? Quay Walker should, like, rush off the edge a bunch. Like, why not? Because as a defensive coordinator, you have to view it this way. We're going to give up points either way. Like, NFL offenses are too good. This is the way the game is designed. We're going to give up a baseline number of points. We're not going to shut anybody out. Nobody's shutting anybody out anymore. running the football is basically free yards. Every team is doing it. I thought NFL live did a long piece on it. And like, it's very clear, like power running game is just working right now. So you're going to give up a baseline number of yards and a baseline number of points, try stuff. And if it doesn't work, okay, you were probably going to give up that touchdown anyways. If it happens all in one play, whatever you went for it. And it's just, they're playing not to lose constantly. Instead of saying, Hey, we have all this talent we've invested in this unit. We have a margin for error because we have a great quarterback. Let's try some stuff and maybe be inventive and try different things with all these great players. And they just don't. And it's yeah. a boring like team to watch because of yeah. that. They're not flying around. They're not excited to play defense.
0: So we'll see who gets brought in because there's no way they don't make a change this off season. If nothing other than like someone's got to get scapegoated. And I think he's an easy one.
1: I feel like we're at that point this week. Like you think so? Well, they lost five in a row. Like you don't lose five in. A, I don't know. It's like in baseball, like the Phillies, they fire their manager just because it gets to the point where it's like, I don't even know that we want to fire Joe Girardi. We just kind of have to like, if things are going so south and and, I don't know, lose five in a row. I'm surprised that nobody got cut. I think maybe Joe Barry could have been on the block. The problem was in the Detroit game, like the offense was worse, right? So so Matt LaFleur couldn't come out on Monday and be like, Hey, I'm going to fire my defensive coordinator. Oh yeah. My unit scored nine points on a historically bad defense, but I'm going to fire. No. Yeah. So the, he has, and they put really him through
0: it after the Cowboys game because they won. They
1: won, yeah. So
0: let's talk about this offense, huh? Yeah. This offense makes me want to poke my eyeballs out. Like I yeah, simply yeah. just want to take a fork and stick it in my eyeballs sometimes because they are so good and then so bad at the worst times. And like some of the some of it is, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is. They they lost this game at the end because he was clearly just missing wide open receivers.
1: Pros. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think that's also look, I'm a Matt Lafleur stan. He's gonna be in Green Bay for a while. They just extended him. I'm not calling for anybody's head here. However, there are some decisions where I'm just like full question mark, right? Like you mentioned earlier that three and out after um that really long drive.
1: Yeah. Why that's is AJ in?
0: Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I love AJ Dillon, right? He has his he has his very specific role. But you're backed up, you need to get a first down. You need to get yards and you decide not to go with Aaron Jones in that moment? Like that it's those decisions that I'm just like, why?
1: They're on the bench for 10 minutes of game time. Like I don't know yeah. how real world time, I don't know. How long cold. I mean, it's he's really got to get out.
0: Like you're probably freezing cold right now. Like and you decide to go with AJ instead of your best weapon. You know, the, it's those things to me that I just have lots of questions. And again, the end of the game, I think part of that was Aaron probably ad-libbing. You hear him checking out of plays like on the TV broadcast all the time. But, you know, you need – it's fourth and three. You need three yards. You need three yeah. yards or its yeah. game, and you're chucking it 30 yards down the field to no one? Like y- you have, again, you have Aaron Jones. It- it's just certain things like that. I'm like, Dude, what are we, they, like you said, they make it so much harder on themselves than it needs to be.
1: Well, you mentioned like just three or four things that we could all talk about for, I think for a full podcast with AJ Dylan, look, you're not going to offend me. I just, I-, I mean this in the most professional of X's and O's. Like, I just don't think he's very good right now. I, d- I just don't. That's not to say that he couldn't come back next year and be great or next week. But up until this point in the season, he's just not giving you anything. He's not giving you explosive plays. Okay, he's fine in pass pro. Good. Great. But that's a little tough for me considering they spent a second round pick on him in like maybe the most consequential draft in this era of Packers football. Whatever. You're not going to offend me by being critical of AJ Dillon. The, The making it harder on themselves thing. I thought Rodgers played great last night up until the last couple of throws. What was a bummer yeah. is when Rodgers was dealing, his defense couldn't get off the field and his receivers were dropping passes. And then when the defense all of a sudden got it on the tracks, then Rodgers couldn't hit guys. It's just like again, with the timing, like it's it's not complimentary football, it's contradictory football. Last night I I I thought of something, and this is the first time I've ever like tried to make this into a take while watching the Packers. Is I think when Rodgers is on third down or fourth down, especially, like he gets tunnel vision and he starts playing the game within the game. Like he wanted to go to Lazard on that fourth down. And he's going to talk after the game. Like, I expected Alan to keep going. And he came back and it's like, well, we wanted to do this. That never should have been on the table, period. Like nothing going on on that sideline. Like the rest of the field is what you should have been doing. And I think Rogers made up his mind in that play. It's like, I'm going to Lazard and closed everything else off. And it's the game within the game. I want him to go this way and adjust this. It's like, none of that is on the table on a gotta have it fourth and down to, or fourth uh and go up uh, or three or whatever. Fourth. Down. No, the especially safety.
0: when the check down option and Aaron Jones is wide open.
1: Yeah. And I saw some clips where Robert Tunyon was pretty available too. It's just once he decided Lazard is my guy, like the rest of the field might've been, it wasn't on the table for him. And, and that's,
0: that's been his kryptonite good. the last couple of seasons. Now, granted, for a long time, it was to Devontae Adams, and you're fine with that because Devontae Adams is going to make that play about 90% of the time.
1: Probably. I it mean, it's a high percentage play, but yes.
0: right. But but the tunnel vision thing has n- is not new to this season. The reason it's becoming a problem this season is because it's not working nearly as much as it used to.
1: Yeah. He's tunnel visioning to guys that aren't as good. Yeah. Really. But then like early in the game in the end zone, when he threw that ball to Watson, it's like, I've seen that with Jordy Nelson. I've seen that with Devontae Adams. Like there are moments in the flow of a game where that strategy is okay. Especially on a free play. Right. When, I was going to
0: say, look, you yeah. got a free play. Aaron Rodgers is a magician yeah. and you're right. He was playing great until he needed to be great. It kind of reminds me of the Lizzo song. Why men great till they gotta be great. Which one is that? It's the one where she sings about the Minnesota Vikings. Is that
1: Truth Hurts? Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: That's what I thought of last night. I was like, this is the epitome of Aaron Rodgers in this game. Because you're right, he has so much magic. He's clicking with everybody. I love seeing... Like you want, okay. You want to take positive out of this. I mean, Christian Watson, like he might be it. <laughs> he, he like truly might be I it. I really like
1: watching him play. Likable I gosh. really
0: like watching him play. He's so he's, Fun. he's got so much energy. He is just everything about him is the making of a one a wide receiver. One size, speed, athleticism, skill, contest that that catch. Like you're you're just who else on this team is making that catch? No one.
1: I miss Romeo. Do- I, I want to see them play together. Me too. I, I swear to God, if, if we get one thing out of the season, I want it. Cause I really like them both. And I think they do a lot of different things, but yeah, just watching Watson. And, and I remember early in the year when they were losing games, it's like, well, if this is the way the season is going to go, I at least want Watson out there. Cause he gives us something that we haven't had. Like they haven't drafted a guy high with the side and with the speed, the, uh, the size and speed. And I know MBS was similar, but you know, he wasn't a blue chip prospect the same way Watson was. And he's just fun to watch. And like, it's it's fun to watch them grow chemistry. I'm also not worrying too much about chemistry because I don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is playing. And like, we can talk about what comes next, but like, oh, Watson is learning the playbook within the playbook and all these things. It's like, great. By the time he has it down, Rodgers is going to ret- retire. Yeah. So it might I work. do
0: think there's something about a receiver getting to read defenses in a way that Aaron Rodgers reads defenses is going to help him regardless of who's under center in the future, because it means he's going to be able to, pick his open spots. Um, right. Like if you can match Aaron Rodgers' level of like football IQ and kind of chemistry, you're pretty much going to be able to play with anybody. And I mean, you're seeing it right now, right? With Devontae Adams, the Raiders are abysmal, but Adams is still he's eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like could, eating could, with Derek Carr.
1: Could Watson succeed even with Russell Wilson, who's using audibles from a different organization at the moment, reportedly, like or is that different level of
0: yeah, I think. Well, if your quarterback is just going to be an idiot, then <laughs> there's nothing else there. But
1: yeah, I'm with you. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, this offense is just frustrating, and I, I really want to believe in Matt LeFleur. Like, I, I really, really do, because the last couple of seasons gives him that benefit of the doubt of like yeah. you brought some really interesting, really creative things, and maybe I think this just wasn't it this year, but you're getting growth from two rookie receivers for the future. You've still got Aaron Jones out there. There's going to be a major overhaul this off season on this team in general. Um, but I'm hopeful that Matt LaFleur can kind of self scout if you will, and get them back on track for next season. Cause this year just ain't it.
1: So Matt LaFleur is going to take a lot of fire probably the rest of this week. And As he should. Weekend, He's Yeah. What has he got to do differently? Like, where is he lacking? The the easy answer is his team is soft. I, I don't know what button he pushes. I don't know what play he calls that changes that. Like, teams smell blood in the water when they play against Matt LaFleur's Packers. And maybe that's not because of Matt LaFleur. But you have a harder time telling me that it's Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, AJ Dillon. Aaron. Like, you have an easier time convincing me that it starts with the head coach, and that's
0: where yeah. the attitude
1: comes from, rather than it's they just drafted and acquired all soft players like one person versus 53 players you know
0: look I don't think that it's definitely not the players and I don't want to say that these these offensive players are soft because I don't think that's that's right and that's true I mean you watch AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones if you want to give an example like drive with every fiber of their being to get an extra yard, right? Like they're fighting, right? They, they both are Aaron Jones specifically. I mean, that guy turns nothing into magic. I think, I think this season has been a really interesting push and pull between getting Aaron Rodgers what he wants to see on the field. And I think Matt LaFleur has a lot of respect and deference for him as he should right? Rogers has earned that, but, and I'm not inside the locker room and I know that they talk regularly and probably game plan together, but Matt Lafleur has to, I think, eventually put his foot down and say like, I want to run my offense this way. And th- this is how we're going to do this. And now if you see something and you want to take it like that free play or a deep shot where a Christian Watson gets like, there are certainly moments where you want to say, just go Rogers, but like This team just doesn't feel prepared. Like, it's another thing I wanted to ask you about, which is they couldn't do up-tempo if they tried.
1: No, it's just tick, 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 tick. Yeah,
0: so there's certain head coaching things where it's like, get your guys prepared. Like, do you practice the two-minute drill? Do you practice up-tempo? And can you, as the head coach, put your foot down and say, no, this this is what I'm scripting, and this is what we're going to go with, because... Most of the time, it fucking works.
1: Well, Rogers, Rogers looks like Rogers again in that he's throwing off his back foot and he's doing all these Aaron Rodgers things. And I, one thing that has kind of stuck with me through this season, and I don't remember when Matt Lafleur said this. Maybe this was even last year, but maybe he said it multiple times. Where he's like, "If Rogers isn't comfortable with something, I'm not going to call it." And we talk about that during the week, right? And, and I get why you do that. Like, and, and that's a thing in life with parent, with parenting, or if you're a boss, like you want the people around you to be comfortable. You don't want to make people uncomfortable all the time, but sometimes you have to be a little uncomfortable to grow. And yeah. I feel like Rogers has gotten so comfortable and we could talk about financially, like the, the amount of comfort that that contract put on him. He's like, well, what are you guys going to do to me? I'm bigger than anyone in this organization now, which is something that your guy Nagler has said a couple of times. And I definitely agree with, but. Rogers feels very comfortable. I mean, Tom Clements is back. Shit, like they brought back his old quarterback coach too and I don't know if that's the best recipe for growth. And sometimes, you know, maintaining and sustaining isn't enough. Sometimes you still have to evolve even in year 16, 17,
0: 18. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like the guy and then I want to talk wrap up with with where this team goes next, but yeah. it kind of reminds me of like the guy who's been at like a large corporation for like his 30 year career. And now you got like new blood coming in. Maybe they bring in some new technology that, you know, is going to make things more efficient. And this guy is like, but I've been here for 30 years and this has been working. Why would I do this? And you're like, come on, just, just, just try it. Just, just go with the flow. And like, he kind of buys in a little bit, but he doesn't want to learn it fully. And it ends up being like a little bit of a shit show because you got to do things a hundred percent. You got to move with the times.
1: When they brought Tom Clements back, I was like, I don't know if this is great because I, this was, he was brought back last off season, right? It all starts to run together. He's been here now. This is this
0: past, this past off season.
1: Yeah. So they lost to San Francisco. And I remember coming out of that game thinking, I feel like Rogers is on blast a little bit after that. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially kind of after the ups and downs of everything that kind of Rogers brought into the fold last year. Um, which included a lot from start to finish, including kind of dramatically coming back to training camp and missing time. And I, I came into that offseason last year after the Niners game thinking, like Rodgers needs to be put on notice a little bit. And the response was, we're going to bring back your old buddy, quarterback coach. And it's like, well, that's the opposite of what I was.
0: Hoping yeah, I mean, maybe they thought it would like. Be the fire for him, you know, or, like he's or he's there he's
1: the mouthpiece for Lafleur. Like maybe I'm thinking now, Nathaniel Hackett was really good at that. Nathaniel Hackett was the buffer, like he delivered the tough news that Rodgers didn't want to hear, but he did it with Austin Powers quotes. Rogers might just be, he might just be a child.
0: I really do think that this offense is missing Nathaniel Hackett, and I know it's easy to say, oh, but he's he look look at what he's doing in in Denver. Mm-hmm. How could that be? But like they had the best offense in the league in 2020, and Hackett was a huge huge part of that and when you talk about leadership look Matt Lafleur's post game after the Cowboys seeing him that emotional and seeing him get the guys fired up in the locker room I think really did something to me because I've definitely been kind of questioning whether he is that rah-rah guy but Hackett was always that guy right and you're you're very much missing that so I think there's going to be some interesting personnel changes coming up like if Hackett gets sacked in Denver like does he come back I, I mean I would welcome it Um, But I think for the rest of this season, just put a little bow on this episode. um, I don't know what they should do here. They're they're in such a pickle because they're not mathematically eliminated and they're likely not going to play Jordan Love until they are. But at this point, going through being, you know, eight and eight, or, you know, eight, nine, whatever that looks like, I don't seven and nine, you know, like being mediocre is not going to get them anywhere.
1: I said this last week before the Cowboys game, because I kind of thought McCarthy was going to come into Lambo and stomp the Packers. And that mm. was going to be like the funeral of the season. And instead it happened four days later. And we got a little bit of excitement first. which is, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. That was a fun game. And it was a Lambeau 330 on Fox. Like that felt like, you know, kind of a lot of the games that we got used to over the last 10 years, but In preparation for the Cowboys game, I thought, okay, I'm not saying tank, but the Packers have a really difficult offseason coming up in that they have a lot of money tied into a lot of guys and all those numbers are about to go up and they're going to have to cut some guys. Like they don't have a great avenue to get better this offseason, but having really elite draft picks would certainly help the situation. It's not going to fix the situation, but man, this offseason is a lot more palpable if you're picking really, really high, which the Packers almost never do. And I still feel that way. That being said, you're not going to bench Rodgers this week. And I know so many people want that. Guys, it's not realistic. They gave him $50 million this offseason. If there was even a hope or a prayer that Jordan Love would take over at any point this year, they wouldn't have done that. Right now, once they're mathematically eliminated, two games at the end of the year, sure. Right. But if you think he's starting six games, five games, that's just, that's not how this is going to go. That's not how this is going to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, We've gone into this ad nauseum and I definitely we don't need to get into it too much here, but I I agree. I think also especially like you don't know what this offseason holds for Aaron Rodgers, what he's going to decide to do with his career. And like I think the last thing you'd want to do is have like this game or next game be like Aaron Rodgers last. Like it just it's just simply not going to happen. Like I said, there's so much like respect and deference for him in this organization that he so rightfully deserves. And we've actually seen him play better as the season's gone on. Right. Like, I think at the beginning of the season, you're like, who, where is this MVP? And now the last two games, you're like, okay, okay. Like Aaron Rodgers, we know is back. So we'll see. But yeah, lots of decisions coming up and um, the season's just been like a major disappointment. So far. Yeah, such a
1: been fun. It just hasn't been fun. Like this defense should be fun and it's not this offense. We kind of are getting what we expected from this offense, maybe a little worse than we expected or hoped for. But we didn't expect it to be amazing um I just think the defense is the biggest bummer for me because you put so many resources into it and it just it hasn't even been fun forget elite like they haven't even been fun to watch they're not exciting
0: Um, I think though I guess it's actually for me I'm like I feel like maybe you get some new blood in there and you got the pieces like I think this defense is salvageable so maybe if we want to Spin it like that. Like, like um, I like the
1: Broncos defense. They love playing for Rivero. They love that guy. They cannot yeah. wait to run to the sideline after a stop and celebrate with that guy. And it's, I would
0: have loved Wink Martindale. Can we just talk about like what he has been able to do with the John? Gi- I just like, I would have loved a Wink.
1: You, you love someone who has at one point coordinated a good defense. Yeah. You, that you, would
0: think, about, you think about the way that Matt LaFleur has talked about Dan Quinn, like the way that he talked about him going sure. into this Cowboys game. Like, so. Anyway, we are super, super overtime. Grant, Sorry, really man. appreciate you coming on. Oh, there was so much to talk about. Um, it's nice to kind of flip the script. Usually, I come on your show, and you're the one asking me questions. So
1: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, this was nice.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I Loved it.
1: Try to think of interesting, descriptive questions, because like when I've had you on in the past, I was like, I can't ask bummy questions, or sh- like it's just not it's not worth it. You're busy. Like I don't want to have you on and just talk about the dumb talking points. So this was nice. Yeah. It was less work.
0: Yeah. So more- um. Definitely. Before we get out of here, tell the people where to find you.
1: Uh, Wisco Sports Show every day from four to six. Uh, it's on a couple of stations around the state, but probably the best way if you don't live near one of those stations is just follow me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Um, and I tweet out a show link like every day. Um, uh, but we're always adding affiliates, so hopefully Green Bay soon. We're circling the area. Uh, we're it. adding ones around Green Bay, so eventually we'll get there. But. Yeah, at, on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. And they're all posted.
0: Definitely, definitely listen to Grant. He always has some really, I think you have a really unique, creative look <laughs> on sports. You really do. You come out with takes that are that are not like everybody else. That's just repeating the same echo chamber fodder. So The I
1: anti-Joe Barry of creating takes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Try and take. Um, So thank you all for listening. Um, TBD, when we get a Maggie Loney back, but for now enjoy some of the guests and me if you want um listen to us at pwss podcast on twitter packs what you said on instagram and twitch and uh as always go pack up